Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, riders of all ages, you are entered into the RockyMountainATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RMATVMC, that is Rocky Mountain ATVMC, is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and FREE. Three-day shipping, over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. And of course... Want to get some fly racing gear? Go to RockyMountainATVMC.com and 2019 gear will be arriving soon. I may or may not have saw or seen a set um, over the past week. It looks good. I can't tell you more than that, but I'm excited. And I'm excited for the new colors and some new materials and some things I probably shouldn't be saying, so I'm going to shut up now. So anyways, go to RockyMountainATVMC.com. Get some fly racing gear, kinetic mesh, Light Hydrogen, those are my go-tos, so check them out. And of course, Racetech, Racetech.com. Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Racetech products and services are 100, that's 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Experience the Gold Valve Advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. Very cool website. Get you some spring rates. If you got a new bike coming, or if you have a new bike, I've seen a lot of guys purchasing KX450s over the weekend. Hey, go to Racetech, see if you need a spring rate, because some of you guys are 250 pounds, probably going to need stiffer spring. So head over to Racetech, Racetech.com. All right, guys, I am fresh off a plane, a little jet lagged. It's a little, uh, little uh, late for me, I guess you should say. Um, I was over at Alden Baker's, the Baker's factory, and I was riding five different motorcycles. 2019 Husqvarna TC and FC dirt bikes. This podcast is going to be all about the two-strokes. So two-stroke warriors unite. This is the podcast for you if you want to know all about the white stallion two-smokes. 2019 Husqvarna TC125 and TC250. Very hot and humid in Florida. Now I know why all those sons of bitches are so, so in shape. Zach kind of hung out with us a little bit. Osborne, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. He's a very cool guy, just down-to-earth dude, just wants to help out, talking to everybody, taking photos. I wrote an article over at PulpMX.com. You can check it out. And some of the stuff that I will be talking about today in this podcast is over there in written form. If you choose to read your stuff versus hear it. But nonetheless, Alden's facility is unreal. Um, we rolled in about 100 acres, just grass. I mean, the grass is mowed. I don't know whoever mows that stuff has got a big job to do because it's a lot of work. 
We went to the gym, saw the gym, immaculate. It doesn't even stink like sweat. Smells like cotton candy and pink lemonade, people. It is fresh. There is no stench in there. And everything is just put away neatly. I mean, if you guys have seen my garage, it's nowhere near, near what Alden's place is. Like, I have a nice shop that I thought it was cool. Then you go look at the race shop that Alden has, and it's Taj Mahalish, okay? It's insane. I was like, you can eat off the floor, seriously. So very cool that he let us in there. I'd like to thank Alden and, of course, his people out there, the mechanics, um, for inviting us in, making us feel welcome, and just showing us around the facility. It was very cool. Uh, Marvin and some of the Rockstar Husqvarna guys were out practicing. We got to watch them ride a little bit. And, of course, we had our own track to to ride in, a ride on, to test at, which was very cool. And I asked Zach which track he prefers. And actually, out of the two tracks that he practices on for outdoors, he prefers the one that I tested on. So I thought that was very cool. So one side is more tight and a little bit more ruddy and not as fast. And the other track's pretty fast, a little more flowy and has more wall berms and things like that. So one thing about Alden's place is there's variety. And of course, that's what you need in testing world. In the testing world, you need variety. And out here in California, before I get on my rant, um, we don't have a lot of variety. We have a lot of the same stuff. Our prep is is not really drastic. They don't rip it really deep. I will say Milestone, they have been trying with some new equipment. So they have been working at it more than other tracks lately. So I will give them credit. But there's something to be said about going back east, guys, and riding dirt bikes and testing dirt bikes. You can break down a motorcycle so fast and know its weaknesses and strengths so quick that you don't need to spend all day long. Out here in California, everything kind of feels the same. You really got to dissect things and pick them apart. And just it's very difficult. So I thought it was cool that Alden had us out there and I got to ride on some really good dirt. That gets me excited if you guys know me. I love the dirt. The dirt's more of a, a sandy clay type. So soft on top with some clay underneath, which made the track get really deep, really ruddy, really rough. And it was just a bitchin' day for testing. So I got to test all these bikes on a very good course. And I got to break them down and dissect them for a first impression. Obviously, I could go on and on and, and try to get more time. But we only had a about a six-hour window to do five bikes. So it was kind of tough to fit everything in. But nonetheless... I tried, I did what I could do, and I want to give you guys this podcast for, I'm going to break this up into two podcasts, one for four strokes and one for two strokes, but we're going to start off with the TCs. Now, before I start off with the TC125 and TC250, I want to speak a little bit about how much different settings are between the East Coast and the West Coast. We have dry, hard-packed, square-edgy conditions, and when we think that's ruddy out here, it's not very ruddy in terms of East Coast conditions, okay? So when I hear other media outlets, I'm sure, um, and, and I'm not talking trash on these media outlets. I just don't understand being a test rider, um, wanting to bring back the bikes to test on our home surface because you're more comfortable. I just don't understand that. As a test rider, you're supposed to test 
the product or the bike and its environment where you're at. Okay, so if I'm at Baker's Factory, that's where I'm evaluating it and that's where I'm giving you guys back the information. I'm not just trying to get through the day and telling everybody, hey, I need to get back on my own turf into California and then I'll get you some more feedback. No, no, no. That's all bullshit. You test the stuff there, you adapt to the conditions, and you give us the feedback that you received from the information that you were given from the motorcycle on that day. So you don't just try to be like, oh, I'm riding like shit because I can't ride this stuff. Well, that's that's tough shit. You got to learn how to adapt and learn to ride because not everyone buys bikes in California, okay? There's two different types of settings. There's an East Coast setting and a West Coast setting. I feel like in our media industry testing world, we're missing the boat on East Coast testing. The settings are so much different. The bikes react so much differently. More so, I'm going to talk about this in the four-stroke podcast because you can really feel the difference. But nonetheless, the settings that I have here in California aren't the same settings that I'm going to like back at Alden's place because the dirt's heavy and deep. So, so much different. Such a different feeling compared to out here. More so than not, you're going to want to stiffen up your setting because you're in such a heavy, wet, dirt condition, which A, sticks to your bike more, and B, will cause more pitching because it's such a heavy dirt. You sink in more. Versus out here, you don't really sink in anything because our dirt is hard packed. So, I don't know. I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that and speak from my heart to give you guys um, the confidence knowing that I'm aware that for you guys listening on the East Coast, it's not the same for you guys as it is for us. That's why when I wrote that article over at Pulp, I talk about the conditions that I tested in, and that is the feedback that I'm going to give you here in this podcast. So that's my rant for the day, and um, I just want all these media testing outlets to really know the difference between east and west just because we ride out here all the time doesn't mean we're the end-all be-all of settings that's wrong there's so many different types of settings from east to west so anyway that's all i'm going to say about that and that's all i'm going to say about that so anyway tc125 for those of you that know me i'm not a big two-stroke lover okay and if that turns some of you guys off i'm sorry i know there's some die-hard two-stroke people out there but me being around a little bit, and I come from the two-stroke racing era. I raced Supercross on two-strokes. Once I got on four-strokes, I felt like that was more of my calling. That's how I rode. I'm a smoother rider, so four-strokes fit me. Two-strokes, you got to ride aggressively. you got to hang it out, which is tough at times. I'm getting old, and I don't want to hang it out, you know, so I want to ride a little bit lazier, and in return, that gets me faster lap times because that bike four-stroke rewards that. But I will say, riding this TC125 really put a smile on my face. I was very happy. It was one of the first bikes that I took out on the track. And man, it's a blast. From what I can remember from riding previous year, I think 2017 or 18 is the last time I rode a TC125 when I was at Dirt Rider, it's a drastic change from that model for the better. The engine is so much more livelier off the bottom, has more torque versus older 125s that I've ridden. I'm talking about Husqvarna, not KTMs and Yamahas. The motor 
is peppy. It has a light, free revving feel. And of course, for me, I need a little bit more torque to carry my 170 pound ass out of a corner. You know, these things are made for 150 pound riders or maybe just guys that want to cruise around. But I was shocked at how much power this thing had off the bottom. It was, it was exciting. And this, like I said, guys, this dirt is really sticky and grabby. So I'm wide open a lot of places and its recovery time was impressive. Like if I was in too high of a gear, which I was the first few laps because I'm so used to having my shifting points and my downshifting points in areas of corners like a four stroke. Well, I had to remember to downshift one more time. So sometimes I'd be in a, in a corner in third gear and I'd be like, oh, and I have to get back up into second. So that's what the first thing that I noticed that was the huge difference between an older TC125 and this new 19 machine is its recovery time. And you guys heard me talk about this in other podcasts is recovery times, a little stab of the clutch to how, how quickly does that motor get back into the meat of the power. So the TC125, very, very good off the bottom. I would say I just recently rode a KTM, an 18 KTM 125SX. It's about the same as that, but for some reason, I feel like I have a little bit more mid-range coming from a TC125. So rolling on the throttle out of a corner, nice bottom end. You can rev it out. It's nice and clean. The jetting is good. Um, rolling the mid, mid-range on the top end, it revs really far. That's what I was surprised. And what I can relate that to, how I think... When I go back to riding like a YZ125, when you put like a, a Moto Tassinari V-Force in there and how it revs so clean, that's what this TC125 feels like. It revs really clean, really far, and it's easy to pull my big ass around the track. I can only imagine if I was on the West Coast how fast it would feel because it wouldn't be so deep. But nonetheless, it was an exciting motor. Like I said, one of the most important aspects to me in two strokes is how crisp the jetting is. Just like in the four-stroke world where ECU settings are everything, well, jetting is everything when it comes to a two-stroke. I always use, I always mix my fuel 40 to 50 to 1, okay? And almost always run pump gas. I asked the engineers that were there, they always run their stuff 50 to one, they'd run pump gas and it was clean. I didn't have to do any jetting, it was hot and humid, like I said, it was 90 some degrees and almost 100% humidity, the jetting was spot on, it was crisp, it was lively, and it had enough pull to get me over some doubles that I thought I wouldn't be able to do. At Alden's, there's a lot of jumps out of corners that I thought, oh shit, I picked the wrong bike to start on because none of the track was broken in yet. But as I got into it, two to three laps, I could just hold that thing wide open around the corner and then double these things out of the corner. That's the beauty about a 125. You don't have to guess. You just, right when you get out of a corner, you hold it wide open, you clear it. Unlike a 450 or even like a 350 where you kind of have to judge your power so you don't over jump it. The easy thing about a 125 is if you just hold that sucker wide open out of a corner, you'll clear anything, I wouldn't say anything, but you'll clear most of the stuff on tracks that you ride easily. So just know that. Wide open is your friend when you come out of a corner. Just make sure you shift correctly. Um, moving on, 
Let's talk about the shifting a little bit. Pankle transmissions, okay? We talked about this with the Rockstar Edition. We talked about this on the KTM Factory Edition. Shifting is so easy with this bike. It's unreal. It's, I guess how I can explain it was if you have an older KX450 and you tried shifting that sucker, it's a pain in the ass at times. Well, this is like a four compared to a three, all right? So you're going up that much from just the transmission feeling. And what that does for you, it just makes it effortless to downshift in the air, to upshift when you're coming out of a corner. It doesn't hit a false neutral. Um, I never, once have I missed the shift with this transmission, not even the four-stroke realm. So um, they've done a great job of getting a transmission that's not notchy and it shifts really easy. Another thing that's really cool about this bike, I've always had problems when I get back to the pits is finding neutral. It finds neutral really easily once you're back in the pits, but never finds neutral, that false neutral, when you're out on the track. I always seem to have to turn the you know the whole engine off and then click in neutral. It was always tough finding neutral if I had the motor running. And the KTM guy said, yeah, they did that on purpose back in the day so you wouldn't find false neutral. Well, now, fast forward, you got Pankle transmissions, it shifts buttery on the track, and I could find neutral fairly easy when I get back to the stand. So that might not mean much to you guys, but I thought that was something that I felt over the years of riding these Husqvarna's and, and KTM's was it was a pain in the ass to find neutral once you got back to the pit. So um, shifting was excellent. Moving on the suspension, again, heavy, wet, dirt, a little soft for me. I went two PSI up in the fork and stiffen up the high speed and low speed in the rear, and that balanced it out enough where it wasn't so pitchy coming into these corners at Alden's. The dirt is very, very grabby, so once you roll the throttle off, every, all that weight moves forward, and I'm six foot tall, so I have a lot of weight transfer to go around on the bike. So I had to stiffen it up a little bit. That's the beauty of the air fork. You can do that and not have to get a different spring rate, but also, when I went back to this bike later in the day, mid-stroke feel was a little bit harsh. It wasn't horrible. I'm, I'm telling you guys, this air fork is the best air fork there is on the market, which quite possibly could be the only air fork very soon on the market with everything going to spring fork again. I do not see that happening with KTM or Husqvarna. I feel like they're going to stick this out and maybe even come up with something a little bit better slash newer with an AER system. TC125 suspension was balanced. I ran it at 105. Um, again, I'm 170. I could get 105 out of the stock spring, so that was a benefit. And like I said, I only had about six hours to ride five bikes, so I can't just nail you down like here's the setting that you need for you East Coast guys, but for sure... If you're in the 160 to 170 range, you definitely will need to go up in air pressure. So just know that. Chassis. Let me tell you something about this. So the new two-stroke, when the KTM came out and they had their new two-strokes and they, they changed it all up, I noticed a lot less vibration. Fast forward to now to Husqvarna. I feel less vibration compared to a KTM. Not to say that the KTM two-strokes vibrate a lot, because they don't. They vibrate less than a Yamaha, but the Husqvarna just vibrates that much 
less than a newer KTM. Why? The only thing I can come up with, because obviously those engines are the same, there's nothing besides the subframe that's going to be different that could make up um, some vibration or dampen the vibration. So two things here. Pro Taper Bar, I think, is a little bit better than that neck and bar that KTM uses. I like the Pro Taper feel better, just for my wrists and on the track when it gets rough. And to me, I like a carbon composite, a composite subframe feeling. Where I like that, that subframe feeling is coming out of corners. I feel a little bit more compliant, um, a little bit more traction. So overall vibration is less on, on this Husqvarna's, on the TC125 and the TC250. So those two things I think have something to do with it. Chassis straight line is excellent on the TC125. It's so light, guys. I mean, feels like I'm riding a bicycle. If I wanted to hop over I was just doing this on purpose. I went back to the TC125 later in the day when there was bumps. And I was just trying to, like, Marvin my way around the track. Like, yeah, yeah, just hop over bumps. And it's just so easy to do. One, because the engine is lively and peppy and fun. But two, it's so light. It, I mean, it feels like a little bicycle. So I was manual in things. I was hopping over things. And it's just very fun to ride and very confidence-inspiring with this chassis. Cornering. Very neutral cornering bike. Front end steering, rear end steering. It does everything kind of well because I think it's so light. Um, I had no trouble putting it into a rut. It lays down nicely. It sticks. Uh, the new Dunlop tires are nice. Of course, MX3S is hard to beat even though I think we need a paddle tire at Alden's, <laughs> like an MX-12 out there. But nonetheless, chassis is very balanced, very stable, corners well, it's light. And the Ergos, I'm a fan of the Ergos. I do, again, think you need to cut your bar 5 mil. Pro Taper bar is a little bit wide. I think they're 811. You can cut those suckers down to 805 to 806. That's the optimal reading for me when I ride. I like the low bend, like I said. Uh, the seat's nice and flat. The Husqvarna seat will eat your ass up over time if you're not careful. So just make sure you have the bag balm and a chamois handy. A chamois handy. Yeah. Bag balm. Man, I can make a little wrap. So anyway, yeah, that's the way the spikes are on those non-slip seat covers of Husqvarna, man. It's, it's rough on the ass after a while, guys. I'm not going to lie. So that's an overview of the TC125, guys. Very fun. Hopefully, I will get one to ride and do a long-term test on on that sucker. I know you two-stroke lovers are chomping at the bit for some living with podcasts on that. So I'm working on that with Andy Jefferson to get some more two-strokes over here. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruttedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruttedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or ruttedracing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Rutted Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys.
Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after Rutted Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees. Get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order 12, get 10 for free. Later. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling. You're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX Show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? 
So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag. 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at kieferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes, that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off. And I literally camped out by the mailbox every night, hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we save him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA 
where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeithRinkTesting.com and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Moving on to the TC250. As much as they ch- as much as they changed, okay, I wasn't as impressed with the 250 as I was with the 125. Why, you ask? Jetting. Again, like I said, jetting wasn't as crisp as the TC125. The TC250 felt a little fat, a little rich off the bottom. Coming out of the pits, it cleaned out. It cleaned out a little bit, but still... I felt like it was a tad rich off the bottom, which didn't give me enough excitement to pop out of corners. Very flat feeling for me down low, okay? With the engine changes that they made, I was expecting to get a little bit more bottom in, but I didn't feel that, okay? Again, heavy, wet dirt. I need some more excitement. I need some pop. And quite honestly, the 125 had more RPM response than the TC250 did. I need more RPM response from that bike to make it exciting for me. It's too smooth feeling, West Coast-ish, if you will, feeling for me. Very, very good for traction, but in that kind of condition, guys, you want some pop. You want some yeah. You want to get out of those ruts. You want to pop over some things. Like I said with the 125, I can and hop over little bumps and braking bumps it was actually tougher for me to do that on the tc250 just because the engine lethargic feeling down low now once to the mid to top end the three the thing screamed its balls off it was really good but i had to ride it super aggressively and i was thinking man i shouldn't have to i shouldn't have to ride this thing that aggressively because I relate it back to like a YZ250 where it's very aggressive off the bottom, very poppy, very light feeling because the throttle response and jetting is so good. So I will have to start working with some jetting with Husqvarna to see if we can help that along. But at the time of the test at Alden's, it just felt a little flat, a little rich off the bottom. So maybe we can work on some of that, maybe get a needle change or something going on and I can get with Andy Jefferson and, and work with you guys some, with some jetting and I'll get you some jetting specs and hopefully have it on my app that's coming out soon. Suspension. Again, TC250, a little bit soft in the fork for me, went up only one pound. So that's half a spring rate up front. Much better, less pitching. Didn't get the harsh feeling like I did on the on the 125 WP fork. Um, this had a supple feel, um, a little bit more comfort through the midstroke, and was very good beginning to the middle where i had a problem with this tc250 was on slap down landings like let's say if i went off a single on the flat very harsh to my hands maybe a little bit of the fork in stroke feel like it was like it was very linear and then ramped up too quick at the end and just kind of stopped never really bottomed it um but in order for me to get rid of that pitching sensation i had to go up in the air and that really hurt the in-stroke feeling of this bike. 
I also blame some of the bar for that slap down feeling as well. I feel like that neck and bar is just just really stiff. And that makes me really want to do like a test, um, a handlebar test where I test all these bars and get the rigidity values of all these bars to see how how much stiffer um, one is to the other. Because when you go back and forth from a KTM to a Husqvarna, you really notice the stiffness in the bar. So maybe that has something to do um, with that slap down harsh feeling. Again, shock, 105 millimeters of sag, very comfortable shock, just like the TC125, coming out of corners, lots of traction, lots of forward bite, supple feel, comfortable, no side-to-side movement coming out, never really had any bottoming issues, just a nice balanced overall feel coming from the TC250 suspension. I just need a little bit more comfort on the in-stroke, so we're going to work with that too as well, guys. Moving on to the chassis. Just like its little guy, little brother over there, the TC125, the TC250 is so good on straight line traction. Alden had a tight left-hand corner with about three deep ruts, and right out of the ruts, there was these rollers, these deep rollers that got bigger and bigger as the day went on, and even got little ledges at the end of on top of them where you had to jump off of them. Well... I was just kind of hammering through them like Jeff Stanton style, like, ah, 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 you know, not really finessing it, just hammering through. And that sucker stayed so straight and gave me so much confidence to do that. That's why I really didn't want to finesse it because I felt like it was so much faster just to blitz through these things without having to jump them or time them or do something Marvin would do, you know? So very stable chassis, straight line is its strong point. If there is any kind of kink in this thing's armor in the chassis department is initial lean coming into corners, okay? And I think this has to do with, again, a little rich feeling of the of the engine. When you have a, a heavier dirt and then you have a rich feeling engine, the overall feeling of the motorcycle becomes heavy, correct? Well, when you have a nice, jetted, crisp, lots of RPM response, it makes the bike feel lighter. So, Initially, that initial turn-in felt a little heavy to me on the TC250, but once I was in, middle to end, very nice feel, laid over nice, I had no problems, you know, actually bar dragging a few ruts because once I was in the middle, I can just lay that sucker over when I wanted to and pop up. I have proof. I have photos that I bar dragged. I wouldn't even call it bar dragging. I would call it hand guard dragging. We're going to get to that in a minute, but... Nonetheless, this thing lays over nice once in the middle of the corner. So we're going to get this jetting worked out because I think if we got some jetting worked out, this would kind of solve a couple of the problems that I felt at Alden's. Um, Ergonomics, again, same as the TC125. Cut that bar five to six millimeters. You'll thank me later. Um, Seat will eat your ass up after about three hours of riding. Get a chamois. Spackle your ass with bag mom. Do something because little spikes, those little non, whatever the hell those things are that Husqvarna built into that seat cover. If if you don't got something underneath your pants, man, it's going to eat you up. So just know that. Um, Very easy to move around on the whole bike. Very flat. I never hit the shrouds laying into a rut. My leg sticks out straight. Doesn't hang up. The overall bike TC250 and TC125 125 is very seamless. 
I never get hung up on anything. I don't catch. Um, last year, there's like there was a bend in the bike from the pivot bolt back towards the rear, and I can kind of hook my legs into that, which is good and bad. Good in the pa- in the fact that I can squeeze, and if I'm jumping something, I can kind of lock my legs in that pocket. Bad in the fact where I also could catch my leg and not kind of unhook myself. So now it's very flat on the sides. They did say they made the middle of the bike a little bit wider. And when I say wider, I'm not talking like fat, but just a little bit wider. So when we're riding them, you know, and you're squeezing the bike, it's a little bit easier to squeeze. There is a point where a bike becomes too narrow and you can't squeeze it and you lose actually, you lose some control um, when you ride it. So it's nice that Husqvarna is aware of, of adding some width and taking away some where it needs to be. So that's what they did in 2019. I approve. I had noticed it right away. And that little bend in the shroud that they had for years on top was a pain in the ass when it comes to knee, knee braces or knee guards. You always hit your knee on that bend in the shroud. That's gone. That's a straight bend now. Um, there's no problems, no hangups coming into... Um, coming into the corners. So overall, um, if I had to rate the two, I would say I had more fun on the TC125. TC250, I need to help out with some jetting um, to get that sucker a little bit more lively. But both bikes are stable. They corner well. And overall, fun bikes to ride. Now, things I was bummed out on a little bit. Hand guards, you guys heard me speak about this a little bit. It just makes the bike look fat. Um, makes the bike look even wider at the front. The handlebar is already wide to begin with, and you're adding that with hand guards. Husqvarna is a premium company. They say we're going to do some things. They do it, and they add hand guards to make more of a premium product, but I feel like that's a step in the wrong direction. To me, that doesn't make a bike premium. It just adds weight and adds bulk and girth to it. It doesn't look good. And I also think it's just the way the stock handguards are. They don't look very attractive. They're not very attractive handguards. So um, let them let the consumer put the handguards on Husqvarna. Let us do that. If we need some, I'm buying a motorbike. Let me put the handguards on. If I'm buying an FX or a, or you know some a GP style machine and it comes with handguards, I get it. I understand. But these are motorbikes. I don't need handguards. Number two complaint: the blue frame. The yellow fork guards, the black frame guards, and the white plastic do not blend together. It just doesn't work. I was a huge fan. Let me let me take a step back. I wasn't a huge fan of the Rockstar Edition when I first saw it. After about a couple weeks, I grew it grew on me. I grew to love it. It looks very attractive to me. I like it. I don't mind the split side panels. That's not the problem. It's the color scheme. The blue, fr- the blue frame is so flat, it doesn't even pop. It looks roached out. At the end of this you know, intro, it looked kind of blown out looking. So um, the white plastic is very clean when new, but gets black and blown out from your leather on your, on your pants. So it's going to take more upkeep. Husqvarna, let's get back to a black or white frame. If you're going to put frame guards on your frames, let's match the frame paint. Let's take the hand guards off, and boom, we've got a dime piece, all right? 
That's what you need. In 2020, let's do this. Luckily, the bikes work so good and they're so fun to ride, I'm not going to harp on the looks too much, okay? Some of, the, some of the old codgers out there like the looks of this bike, but for me, I'm just not into it. It's a little bit too much, a little bit too much color stuff going on, okay? So let's tone that down a little bit. So that's about wraps up what I have um, to say about the first impressions on this TC125 and TC250. Both bikes are very fun. 125 is a little bit more fun to ride for me, shockingly enough, I know. Um, I need a little bit more bottom end out of this 250, guys. I need a little bit more YZ-ish torque coming out of holes, you know, coming out of the, the corners. I need to hop over holes or, you know. The problem with the TC250, it's, it's not you know, getting over jumps, because once you're in the mid-range, it's great. But we need a little bit more excitement down low. Um, for you off-road guys out there that are listening to this, I think the TC250 is right up your alley. Very linear, very smooth off the bottom. Um, you don't have to um, be on the clutch as much. You, it's very linear power. So I feel like if you guys are looking for maximum traction, you know, a.k.a. off-road conditions, the TC250 is a capable bike for you guys out there and just in the moto world where it's deep and ruddy and uh, we need to, some excitement to get out of that out of those corners um, I just think uh, we need a little bit more of that so um, look for the FC edition coming up next week 250 350 and 450 it's a lot of bikes guys I'm smoked I'm still tired but nonetheless it was very 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 fun one of those bucket list type deals that going to Alden's, I'll never go there again. In fact, at the end of the day, guys, um, everyone's wrapped up, everyone's done getting dressed. I went out and walked the track again just to take some photos of the track and how deep it was and how it formed because it's one of those things I probably won't get to see ever again. Um, I don't know how many times I'm be able to go to Alden's and do this, but I wanted to take it all in. I want to study the track. I want to see how it formed. I want to take in the dirt. I love that kind of shit. So um, it was very peaceful, very quiet, very um, good area to train champions. And I can see why a lot of champions come out of there because once you're there, you you just instantly feel it. You instantly have this um, strength about you that you're like, man, champions train here. This is where shit gets done. And uh, sweat gets dropped and throttles get, you know, just wide open, you know, and I feel like um, I, I, I love being part of that, you know, so um, taking it all in, I can appreciate it and riding some bikes there, uh, very, very cool, and it's a, one of the highlights of my life so far, so um, thank you Husqvarna, thank you Alden, and thank you guys for listening to this podcast, of course, like you know what I'm going to say, if you have any questions, you can hit me up at chris at keferinktesting.com you want to order some stuff, go to heather at keferinktesting.com. And please, support the sponsors that support this show. Always, please, if you guys are always looking, hey, Kiefer, how can I help? That's how you can help. Just go purchase some stuff at Rocky Mountain ATVMC, Fly Racing, Race Tech, Blood Lubricants, FMF Racing, Rutted Racing, Skosh, and of course, ScreenPrintingDone.com. All these people have been with me from the beginning. And... We love them for it. So go support the people that support us. And we'll be back next, probably next Monday or Tuesday, and we'll bullshit about the FC bikes. Lots to talk about there. So that podcast will be a little bit longer. But nonetheless, I'm a four-stroke fiend. 
There'll be lots to talk about in that podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a good day, and we will see you on the flip.